Hey everybody, Superfan Giovanni here. Welcome to Classic Loveline, episode 520, from September 25th, 1997, a Thursday night show, with guests, The Cramps. The Cramps are making their Classic Loveline debut of at least the Adam era, but no previous visits are mentioned by Dr. Drew, so it seems to be their only known appearance on Loveline whatsoever. And Adam notices something he forgot to do right at the top of the show, but doesn't elaborate. Some sort of button? Who knows? He welcomes the Cramps to the program, uh, Lux Interior, which is Eric Perkisher, and Poison Ivy, Christy Wallace. Adam comments on the band's ubiquitous name before revealing he's not that familiar with their work. And the band are fairly low energy up top, but Adam is prepared and really trying to motivate them to contribute to the show. The band share their origins in music and complement the appearance of their punk rock fan base that doesn't resemble other punk rock fan bases. It's a very rare episode with the only known appearance of the band on Loveline. As per usual, this recorded in 1997. Some of the medical information may be out of date. Please consult your own physician or contact Dr. Drew and Mike Catherwood on Current Day Loveline. 1-800-LOVE-191. Listener discretion is advised. You can follow us on Twitter at Podcast One, on Facebook, Podcast One there as well, and PodcastOne.com, the home of all your favorite podcasts. Mahalo and get on. The following program is a PodcastOne.com production. <sighs> Two. Welcome with Adam Carolla and Dr. Drew. Would you sleep with sick women? I may be pregnant, but I'm still a man. Spank the unruly ones. It's indecent, it's vulgar, it's blasphemous. You're gonna ride you till you can't stand up. Come on, come on, let's go down. All right, all right, keep your shirt on. Love Line's meant for an adult audience. Love Line may contain sexually oriented content. Listener discretion is advised. Here's Love Line with Dr. Drew and Adam Carolla. Uh, uh-oh, I just noticed something I didn't do. 1-800-L-O-V-E-191 is the phone number. 310-854-4455 is the fax number. I'm Adam Carolla. That is Dr. Drew. He's a board-certified physician and addiction medicine specialist. Tonight, our guests are the cramps. Hiya, and, uh, kids. Hiya, hiya, hiya. That would be Lux and then the, the lovely Ivy. That's me. And uh, the cramps are a band that uh, I have to admit uh, I didn't know much about, although I always knew the name The Cramps. And uh, <laughs> I don't know why. I, I, I don't know if it's the, the stickers uh, that were on people's skateboards or uh, what the hell it was, but I always knew The Cramps, and I always knew it was sort of punk meets uh, rockabilly meets... It's kind of punk meets everything else. Meets everything else. <laughs> but I, I never knew that much about the band. I, I figured you guys have been around for many years because uh, I've been hearing about you for many years, and I guess it's going on the twenty-first year. Going, yeah, yep. Yep. And the eleventh uh, oh album. God. This is your eleventh album, is it not? Yeah, it's hard to tell oh, because I'm... there's greatest hits and live albums and this kind of weird stuff, but something like that, yeah. And it all got started in uh, New York around seventy-six, according to uh, Mr. Bio. Show. Yeah, day after Halloween. And uh, in 1976, there wasn't a whole lot going on that was uh, like this. There was nothing going on like this. Right. Yeah. So what, uh, what got you going in this direction? Well, when I met Ivy, we started going around to junk stores. Uh, we couldn't afford to buy regular records and stuff, so we would buy 45s out of junk stores. And we found all these exciting records. Everybody was playing Cl- Crosby, Stills, Nash & Young and stuff on the radio, and we were just going to sleep. And then we started finding all these wild rockabilly records in the junk stores and just got uh, um, uh, taken by it like a disease and uh, haven't stopped since. And 
do you get a but do you, do you get a pretty big rockabilly crowd or is it more a punk rock crowd at one of your shows or or it's, can you define the crowd? Well, it's all different kind of people, but they're all kind of good looking, which I like. You know, you see a, a lot of punk shows that's kind of a lot of ugly people trying to get uglier or something, but uh, but at our show, even the ugly people are good looking. And uh, you guys are going out the middle of October for a tour that is basically going to um, cover the United States. Yeah. About 40 dates. And uh, that uh, you'll be in San Francisco on uh, Halloween, which uh, should be a gas. That's the Halloween capital. That's always totally insane. Halloween is my favorite holiday. As a kid, I think your favorite holiday is probably Christmas. Yeah. Because you get a present. As an adult, who cares? Your gran- your grandmother gets you a sweater you're never going to wear. Right. You, you got to make nice. You have too much eggnog. You end up getting a, uh, a verbal argument with uh, some family member, and everyone goes home pissed off. But it's, the, it's the one day of the year you can wear a mask in the parking lot of a bank and not get shot. Well, I like Halloween because everybody's sort of uh, whatever that thing they've been hiding inside of them uh, the, the uh, rest of the year kind of comes out. Is that good? A lot of the women dress like <laughs> prostitutes. <laughs> So you know what I mean? Yeah. A lot of men dress like prostitutes. I don't trust a guy who dresses like a woman every year. Uh, once a year. Uh, you know, once in a while, once every fifth year, that's a gag. He goes as a cheerleader or something like that. When he's showing up at the party year after year after year as the nurse, I think there's something inside him that's trying to escape that maybe he's not letting out. Well, that could be. Drew, you have any feelings on that? No. <laughs> Pretty exciting, huh? Yeah, no, I think Drew. you're right. I think you're right. I saw Drew's uh, nurse uniform yeah. out Drew, there. What, uh, how exciting it must be for you, Drew, just to show up night after night and just sit there like a lump, not having uh, any input on the show, not uh, feeling uh, one iota responsible for the direction of the show, just, just uh, relaxing. Just responsible for the callers. Just, uh, okay. All right. We'll get into it during the commercial. The name of the CD is Big Beat from Badsville, and I guess we'll uh, hear something on that, as the, uh, or I should say from that, as the night wears on. And uh, we'll go to the phones, because um, that's the part of the show that Drew feels responsible for. Chris, you're 15. Hi, Adam. I'm a long-time listener, first-time caller. Great. Yeah, wow. Oh, wow, I can't believe I'm actually on. Okay, well, my problem is I have a friend, right? And she's been going out with this guy for about a year now, and they've broken up six times, and their last broken up was because he cheated on her. And they're like, they just have a really hectic relationship, and I liked they're, her for a long they're time. They're perfect for each other. Pardon me? They're perfect for each other. Oh, yeah. This is your friend. Sounds like an average couple. Yeah, well, you know, um, like, you know, I listen to your show, you know, I'm trying to, like, do, like, little deduction and stuff. Mm-hmm. Like, uh, well, maybe she's abused or something like that, but she's not, you know? Um, I talk to her a lot, and she doesn't seem like that, but she just keeps on going back to this guy. And he's just such a dick to her. Are you going to say that? Yell out. Right. And then ask. Then ask if you can say What it. word did he say again? I think he used the D word. I think that's all right on this show, by the way. Uh, Chris, oh, oh. why do you feel the need to rescue this young lady? Uh, I, I, that's what I'm calling about, you know? Should I just, like, butt out, you know? Am why? I... But just, let's just explore this for a second. What is motivating you to try to save this young woman? Well, for a long time, I've had, like, a big crush on her. Oh, he's honest. Hey, true. Yeah. That, that only took ten minutes and uh, <laughs> a little bit of prodding. He's honest. All right, you like her. Well, yeah, yeah. I, I don't really All right. like her anymore. All right, but, but you know she's nothing but trouble, don't you? But he's, he's a fixer. He's going to fix her from top to bottom, take her out of this bad relationship, and then make her happy and fix her and fill that void <sighs> with, with uh, well, like we're, 
actually kind of friends and stuff like that. And like, we, right. I mean, but the reason like, you're friends like is because you like her, you. Chris. Yeah. You're friends because you like her. Yeah. Right. <laughs> every every girl I was friends with uh, in high school is because I had a wild crush on them, and they were friends with me because I mowed their lawn. And uh, help them with it. Well, I was going to say homework, but no, no. Never did do that. No, that's the kiss of death. Homework's a scourge. Chris? Yeah. We suggest that you find somebody uh, who is free and clear of obligation. And, and, and the chaos. Yeah, who you don't have to fix. All right. Something brand new. A girl that has the new car smell to her. Right off the lot. Wow. Wow. You know what I'm saying? Yeah, I'm done with Chris. I had an invention for douche that smelled like new car smell <laughs> a few weeks back on the show. I thought it was pretty brilliant if the Mass and Gale people are listening because there's nothing. I mean, uh, guys don't like lilacs. You know what I mean? Guys like a new car smell or perhaps uh, like Armor All or some sort of additive. How about Siamese fighting fish? What do they smell like? Well, mean fish. Oh, really? Yeah. Is you, you're suggesting a douche that smells like Siamese fighting fish? Why not? I like that fishy smell. <laughs> Drew, you want to obscure the number over there? Yeah. Thank it. you. Micah. Yeah. You're 22. Yeah, I just want to say hi to Lux Interior and Poison Ivy. Hi. I think you guys. Hi, yeah, hi, yeah, hi, yeah. I've been listening to you for years. Uh, I have a lot of respect for your style and attitude. Um, you know, I, I've had your, I'm the guy who had your stickers all over my skateboard for all the years. So. <laughs> um, bad music for bad people says it all. Don't put that those stickers on the wheels. That, that's dangerous. What are you doing with yourself these days? All right, I just graduated from UCSD in Great. biological anthropology. There you go. I uh, just finished a six-month internship at San Diego Zoo studying primate behavior. Interesting. Wow. Hey, you could actually study primate behavior at a Cramps concert, I think. That I was thinking <laughs> he could just host this show. Humans are four or five apes. <laughs> um, and you really get down to looking at all the different ape societies. Yeah. What is the, the What are the good apes, by the way? You hear about the chimpanzees and the, the orangutans. The what? The bonobo, the pygmy chimpanzee. It's the only peaceful animal that is an ape. Now, time. wait a minute. They have some weird practices, right? Yeah, a lot yeah. of sex. Yes. <laughs> they, 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 use, they use sex as a greeting, basically. Yep. Entirely. Their complete social structure is based on genital rubbing. Really? Yeah. I like this. How do <laughs> I, how I, did I know about organization? this? It was really weird. Yeah, true. <laughs> <laughs> what have you been yeah, the higher primates got one of those things going on? Hey, uh, which uh, which uh, species flings uh, the most feces? Um, probably chimps, because mm, okay. they're the most aggressive. Yeah, that's where I'd like to hang Apart with. Apart from humans, they're the most aggressive. Oh, really? Yeah. And Because um, they're our closest relatives. Which ones are supposed to be the smartest? Um, uh, apart from us, chimps. Yeah, yeah I was... Bonobos, maybe. We're the smartest? Yeah, um, we're the stupidest in behavior, but we're the most capable of intelligence. Oh, I get it. Micah? Okay. You have a question? Yeah, Dr. Drew, I, would, I also want to say I appreciate how you're using hard data to really try and help people out. You know, you have a good sort of understanding of the literature. Mm-hmm. Um, really appreciate Thank that. Thank you. I'm trying. You really help people out really well. The other thing, the other thing is, I, and this is, a, this is really important to me, is that you have to understand literature, but you have to be practicing clinically. You have to have day-in-day-out day clinical experience because that changes all the time. And it, yeah, you can't really communicate this information unless you've experienced it. So, yeah. thank you. I appreciate that. Okay. Um, Adam, I like you too, but I have a little problem. Um, it happened when you talked about gothic music earlier this week. Uh, yeah, someone was into the, the goth and the uh, 
you techno guys, or goth scene? You guys said the scene, and I'm more into the music, but I was into the scene. I spent a year in Australia in 1996, and I was into the scene a lot. Hold on, Micah, let me just... Um let me just say this. You, my friend, are the Rubik's Cube of human beings. <laughs> just the you human. are a, quite the renaissance man. Yeah. Okay. You love the cramps. You love the goth stuff. But you study You've traveled abroad. Uh, traveled uh, abroad, I said. <laughs> you traveled abroad, and uh, you have a, uh, a degree, and you study apes. Right. Yeah. And I bet you never get laid. Um, not that often. No. See that? Women don't care about that crap. Uh-uh. Here's a guy who's got a lot to offer. <laughs> Meanwhile, they want some guy who's uh, pissed off who's uh, kicking in his car fender over there. Let me shut my phone number real quick then. <laughs> no, I'm just checking. All right, so what's your problem with me? Um, just that you just said that everyone, if they didn't stop listening to gothic music in junior high, they're probably pretty stupid. And I just didn't think that was entirely true. I just wanted to let you know I'm probably not totally stupid. And I still listen to it a lot. No, I'll make an exception for you, Micah. Okay. <laughs> Once in a while, is. there's a very intelligent person who's into the, the gossip scene, but they're really um, poorly adjusted. So, yeah. I don't know what, the, what you know about the scene here and in America. I have no idea. I'm not into it in America. I, I, I don't even care. But, you know, um, it, there's some, there's, when I met in Australia, there were some really psychologically stable people. They were really comfortable. I don't know whether they had children or not, and that was your main point, is that these people had children and they were in the goth scene, and that's a completely different story. But I think there's some... I met a lot of really people that really in touch with themselves, and because they could recognize their dark side and not ignore it and not fear it. I, I accept what Mike is saying. I do as well. I just can't picture a goth scene in Australia. It seems too... I don't know. You it know doesn't, it well, doesn't seem like it gets dark enough over there. I can't picture these goth gangs. About a year ago, there was, it was a slow spot in the news around <laughs> here, so they, they invented goth gangs because some kids in La Crescenta got into a graveyard and dug up a, a corpse and stuck right. a cigarette in its mouth. And all of a sudden on the news, nothing was happening, so they were talking about uh, the bloods and the crypts and the goths that were uh, roaming the streets of L.A. And, and, uh, and how scary they were and telling parents how to look out for the telltale sign if your kids are in a goth gang, you know, the black uh, fingernails and and uh, all the kids, all the things that kids do to have fun. You know, the, they were warning their parents. You know, this is what you need to to chain your kid to in the bedroom closet uh, for. You know? Well, my my basic message was uh, this was. Um he, this was, um, was a twenty-year-old mother, twenty-something-year-old yeah, mother who was out of jail for dealing pot, drugs or something, right? Wasn't she? No, she was the one who was uh, smoking pot in the, the garage, uh, in the garage, and bungee jumping. Yeah. Here's all I said. <laughs> I said uh, when you have a young child, you really shouldn't be part of too many scenes. You should be part of the mom scene, mm -hmm. or and the dad scene, and you should do that scene for a while. Don't uh, don't spread yourself too thin as a parent. Drew, what scene are you involved in? The triplet scene. Okay. Drew, you want to show them pictures of the triplets? Have you guys seen the triplets? No. Well, this is how we'll know uh, when you were here last, because if the triplets weren't born, we can do I the math. Think, I think, if I'm remembering that, I think my wife may have been pregnant around that time. Erin, you're 20. Yeah, um, I just wanted to, first of all, thank you. I think you've provided a really good form for people to express their concerns, and I think you both do a really good job. And but? Sorry? Pardon? Usually there's a but that follows that. I'm sorry. No, 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 no. I don't have a problem, actually. I, my second thing I'd like to do is... Um, kind of offer some hope because I think a lot of times there's a lot of you know distressed people or not necessarily distressed but people who are struggling on the show and uh, I just like to say that for anybody out there who's struggling with an eating disorder that there is hope of recovery and people can get better and it's the hardest thing in the world to do but it's also 
by far one of the most rewarding things you'll ever do. What kind of eating disorder did you did you have, Erin? I had um, both anorexia and bulimia for six years. Mm. So, um, and I've been healthy for about a year and a half now. Right. And uh, I'm just my life is completely together, and I'm happier than I've ever been. And I think you know the rewards if people kind of sit down and think about it. The rewards of being healthy far outweigh the rewards of being sick. Did your mom get you into ballet class when you were young? Oh, yeah. I mean, I've been through it all. I mean, you name it, I've had it happen. <laughs> yeah, so. there's no chance of me ever having an eating disorder. <laughs> well, you kind of have one. I do? No, yeah. Drew, tr- you try to pin every disorder on me. I got I got worms in my ass. I got an eating disorder. Well, the way your parent, the way your mom pounded you about uh, natural foods and all that stuff, and the, how, you know, the way you would approach the neighbor's pantry was in a disordered manner. I used to rape the neighbor's pantry when I went over there to babysit once a week. Uh, my mom did not. My mom was his health nut, but it completely backfired on her because she was constantly talking to me about nitrates and hot dogs and um, uh, formaldehyde and this and uh, you know red dye number five and that. And uh, as soon as she turned her head, I said, "I, I got to get a hold of some nitrates. <laughs> I got to score some nitrates." And uh, when I went and babysat, uh, they had a whole house. They were actually called the Nitrate Family. <laughs> and I just broke right into the pantry and just started. I was like mainlining, uh, you know, maple syrup and uh, eating, uh, picking, uh, f- eating frosting straight out of the can. What is great? Give an example of one of your evening buffets. There. Here's all you got to know. Um, this is how bad I was. I actually opened a can of pie filling. And pie filling, there's really nothing worse for you than pie filling. It's just, uh, it's just, it's more sugar than you could actually fit in a container that small. Somehow they have to uh, heat it to some sort and, of and temperature they, to get it in there. they must have been keeping it, what, for in case of an earthquake or something, right? <laughs> I don't know what you keep pie filling for, quite quite frankly. But the point is, is I opened this can of pie filling and was spooning it right out of there with, like, Lucky Charms floating around the top of it. <laughs> The greatest maneuver, though, is when I was uh, roasting marshmallows on their stove. <laughs> and uh, I was holding this flaming marshmallow up on a skewer. And a marshmallow, when it burns, really burns uh, with some ferocity. It doesn't just sort of smolder. Cause it actually makes it go like... <sighs> and I was holding up, and I was with my uh, a-hole buddy, Ray, who was helping me babysit. Like, it's taken, uh, like it takes uh, two 17-year-olds. To, no, actually, we're probably uh, 14. But anyway, and this thing was flaming, and I was holding on a skewer, and I said, it is the great Adam. And I started into this sort of uh, fire-eating bit, but I was just uh-oh. screwing around, obviously, because I had no intention of uh, eating any fire. And as the thing got about three inches from my face... Uh, Right, conveniently smacked me in the elbow, uh, in which case the flaming marshmallow just stuck to my cheek, still burning on the side of my face. Uh, yeah, and then left something that was uh, looked like uh, looked like I'd been to a brothel the night before base. It looked more like a venereal disease than a, than a, uh, a shanker, I don't know what's eating, more embarrassing to a teenager. Yeah, I was either, yeah, either I got a shanker or I was burnt by a flaming marshmallow. It's interesting how your rap hasn't changed much since you were 14. What are you talking about? The great Adam and the flaming. Uh, yeah. yeah, but then I <laughs> sounds familiar. That that was make believe. This is real. Okay. Mark, you're 23. You're on with the cramps. Hi, how you guys doing? Good, just fine. Um, I have a question for Dr. Drew. Yeah. Um, Dr. Drew, um, I um was looking at a, a bodybuilding magazine and I see an advertisement for a um, vacuum penis enlarger. Oh, this is Adams. This is not me. Yeah. Go, go ahead, Adam. Um. Dr. Drew. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, did you hear the first part? Yeah, I did, but I don't know anything about this stuff, so Adam's gonna, Adam is an expert. Okay. Yeah. Um, 
I was wondering, you know, he said in there that uh, these things can actually, like, stretch the suspensory ligament, some kind of ligament down there. And so some people actually <laughs> hold, like, two to four inches inside their, their body cavity. And um, Right. You're just tapping into your uh, unseen potential. Yeah. I believe I have a foot and a half that's uh, <laughs> mixed up in my lower intestine as we speak. Yeah, I was wondering if this is actually possible. They say, like, you can get gains, like, uh, I don't know, two inches or so and uh, increase the girth um, quite a bit also. Did it say enlarge your penis to mammoth proportions? Um, no, I got the sales brochure. I, it was a doctor out in the West Coast. I'm not going to name the, the doctor. Uh, how much was the device? Um, I didn't buy it, but they advertise it for, I think it's like $500 when you buy everything, oh like the God. electric pump. Really? They have like two cylinders, one that goes over the penis itself, and another one that goes over the penis and screw them both. Well, this Magic isn't, wand makes my penis grow. This isn't the $30 one, so it must work. Yeah, this one may work, Mark. <laughs> I, I don't know. Have, Lux, you ever used one of these things? No, I don't. I, maybe he's in between uh, growing spurts, though. Maybe that's uh, those things come in, they nah. grow in spurts. Well, you're talking about a boner, but uh, no, he's he's 23. He's uh, <laughs> he's done. Why he's are you so preoccupied anymore? with this, Mark? What's the deal? Well, I don't know. I'd, I had a, a confrontation or or something like that with a uh, um, couple girls in a bar. I'm sitting there talking. And I turned around. I did some um, talk to somebody, and I turned around, and one of them. Had her had her hand held up, and she had like her her thumb and forefinger spread apart, like she was showing somebody how big something was. Maybe and it was a fish. Huh? No, Mark. Go ahead. Yes. She had her she had her hand um held up, and she was showing her her friend how big something was, you know, like her her forefinger and her thumb. Yeah. You know. Yeah. And it was about an inch apart. You know, and her girlfriend would start laughing and laughing, and I thought that um, well, I kind of knew that they were talking about me and how big I was. How would they know? Well, you know, just kind of like looking down at the pants and stuff like that, you know. No, Mark. X-ray vision. Yeah, Mark. Yeah. Well, yeah. <laughs> Ivy, set this guy straight, please. Can you? Huh? Um. We have a. a I don't think I can. I, I just. This sounds really scary. <laughs> well, it, it, it kind of. Uh, Men are the ones that preoccupy about this. It's very. You know, women. Wait, where do these two inches come from? They're inside of you. Uh-huh. Well, that's it, it is true that the the ligament, the dorsal ligament, if cut or stretched, will lengthen slightly. Listen, when I make love to a woman, she has two inches inside of her too. I'll tell you that. <laughs> and then you just gotta like lug it around twenty four hours a day, or I, you know these these things. That, I mean, it, the just, suction device. I mean, does it just? Yeah. Oh, it hooks up to your car cigarette lighter, so you can go to work and all. And then once you get to work, they have an AC adapter, I believe. Uh-huh. It's just a plug into your uh, you know workstation there. Yes, yeah, so it's an electrical um, vacuum system. Yeah. No, don't then does it eventually deflate, or what happens? Yeah, it just has to. He has to treat himself a certain number no, of times. No, here, here's here's the concept behind this, Ivy. Um, uh, let me use this pen, uh, Drew. Let me use your hand as an example, please. Uh, no, do this with it. All right, all right. This is. Uh, let's say this is all your penis. This pen here. Uh-huh. Let's say it's about six inches long. Well. It goes in a certain amount, That's and what uh, you guys do here. <laughs> this is it. Drew, this is a former prostitute. You're gonna have to wash that hand when I'm done with it. It goes in because it needs a certain amount to hang on, right? Because if you just sat it on top, it just fall over. It's like saying, um, "I want to make my mailbox higher. I'm gonna pull the post out." Well, it makes your mailbox higher, but as soon as you walk away, the thing falls over because there's nothing in the ground. You need a little bit in there. Yeah. Inside the cavity. See what I'm saying? Yeah. 
Lux, you don't have this problem. I can see you're pretty rangy. A guy over there, and you got a big smile on oh, your face. Oh, not me. But well, the, I mean, it seems like you made it too, too big. It might get stuck. Well, look, but no, no. <laughs> she, she's she's thinking it from the women's perspective right now. Oh, I see. All right, <laughs> all right. Stop thinking about the vagina and start concentrating on the penis for just a second. So this device is going to try to pull what's inside of you outside of you so that it can be utilized. You understand? Yeah. Just through through uh, the miracle of suction. Yeah. Not really you. Ivy, you know, if you oh, were no, a boy. forget about you. Stop okay. thinking about you. This is me oh, and my I see, penis. I see. Okay. You understand? And now I so the <laughs> suction device goes over this part, pulls it out, and now there's this. Uh, you know, you know, you have extra penis. Uh-huh. Like when they say, when they say that humans only use like eight percent of their their brain. Well, humans only use like sixty five percent of their penis. I think. I think is the fair thing to say, right? Don't Tom? do this oh, no. thing, Mark. Okay, don't do it. <laughs> because uh, then it's going to come out and fall over. Worry about well, it just don't do it. Worry about why you're so preoccupied, why you're so insecure, why your self worth is so is so. Uh, Fragile that somebody making a bizarre offhanded right. comment well, he just destroys a bar you. through his pants. Yeah. Save yourself yeah. 500 bucks yeah. uh, for three bucks. You get a roll of gym socks and you shove that down your shorts before you leave. This is something that guys worry about and women don't worry about no. for the most part. Ivy, you don't worry about the penis, do you? No, I think they were talking about uh, yeah, fish, how big a fish or something. Like yeah, so. you know, you know, it doesn't yeah. matter to you. I mean, you know. As long as uh, it, it, as long as the guy uh, knows what to do with it, right? Yeah. Okay, good. We're on the same page. Drew? I think the yeah. lead, it's the motion. You want to uh, sell the hell out of the next call, and then when we come back, we hear something from the cramps? This is Michael. He, he, he's a loner, and the girl he likes is very popular. He doesn't know how to speak to her, how to talk to her. Want me to do a different one? Uh, boy. Uh, uh, no, no, no. We'll find a better one when we come uh. back. You know, we love hearing from you, so keep on sending those tweets and comments, because we read every one of them. Your opinion is important. That's why we don't want you to miss the chance to take our listener survey at podcastone.com. You see, your responses will help us make this show the very best it can be. It's not a lot of effort because it'll only take you about three minutes, and you'll get the instant gratification that comes with knowing that you helped us get better. So do it now. Take the survey at podcastone.com. That's podcastone.com. And don't forget, keep those tweets and comments coming. Hi, this is Heidi Fleiss, and you're listening to Loveline with Adam Carolla and Dr. Drew. Two names that wish they could be found in the little black book. Oh, boy. I haven't heard from Heidi, but uh, I know uh, her appearance on this show cost her like, uh, what was it, 300 grand, Mike? 350 grand? Oh, couldn't imagine that. <laughs> Anyway, she got sued by uh, the cops she was talking about on the show, and uh, I, as usual, uh, missed all trouble. Big Beat from Badsville is the name of Cramps, uh, I should say, of The Cramps' latest offering. They have themselves a song on that CD. It is called Like a Bad Girl Should, and it goes a little something like this.
Like a bad girl should. Like a bad girl should, from the cramps, off of Big Beat from Badsville. Do you do um, movie soundtrack stuff? Uh, not too much. We'd like to, but we haven't yet. How do you get into that? That's what know. we'd like to know. We get songs and movies, but not like scoring. That would be a gas. Yeah, but, uh, well, you it know, seems like uh, I, I, it... Uh, I don't know. It, it just seems like the most difficult thing in the world for somebody to hand you a uh, uh, reel yeah. with no nothing behind it and for you to score it. Yeah. I mean, score a, we want to score a biker movie. Well, I think I'll just play this CD yeah. uh, underneath any guys on motorcycles yeah. and you've scored a biker movie. But uh, I would think that would be... I, I would just think uh, your music would be a little more sought after in that department. Yeah, we could do it. You know, especially if it was a movie we liked, like she said, a biker movie or something like that, or some kind of a mild porno film. You could just drone like on the fuzz for an hour. But if the money was right, you'd do it for um, uh, Home Alone 5, right? Mm. Never. Real good money. Maybe. <laughs> Depends on the scene. <laughs> Michelle. Michael. I mean, Michael. Hello? Yeah, no, I thought he was French. Uh, Michael, you're 14. Yeah, before I get into the question, I just want to ask you something. Like, I watched the show, um... What kind of drink do you have in your cups when you're drinking, Adam? Me? Yeah. Vermouth? Huh? Wait a minute. I usually have coffee. You have Coke, don't you? Uh, I usually have water. Usually I have a water or a Coke. Yeah. If I drink coffee, I'll start sweating. Well, then I started freaking out, so I switched over to or, uh, carrot juice. Remember, I had carrot juice for a while. Yeah, Drew, uh, Drew's situation is is uh, he, he gets uh, he's overworked. In general, and when we would do the, uh, we're not taping the TV show uh, because it's the summer or something like that. But um, we would do three or four TV shows in a day, and Drew would start to spin out by the last show, and because he drank fourteen cups of coffee and, and uh, not have slept in three weeks, didn't and sleep, and he's talking the same screwed up teenagers for hours on end, and he, answering he, questions out of order. That right, he'd really start spazzing out. Thank God I was there, sort of the rock of Gibraltar, to, yes, go, yes. to go backstage and yell at Drew to uh, get his crap together. Not to get my crap together. Hurry up. <laughs> I, I was, I was, Drew had a, had a mild nervous breakdown during the taping of uh, one of the later shows. I had a, I had a panic attack, shows. and I had to ask for a break to, to go out and get a drink of water. And Adam goes back. He goes, if I have to stay here one more minute than I absolutely have to, I'm going to kill you. <laughs> okay, hey, I guess I'll go back out there. But here's the point. I think that kind of tough love approach oh, to partnership break. works, because if I said, Drew, take all the time you need. I want to be very supportive as long as it takes. I don't care if we're here all night, blah, blah, blah. He probably would have taken it. But the point is, is like a good drill sergeant, I brought out the best in him. He didn't yeah. know what was yeah, in him until I brought it out. Stare like a deer in headlights. <laughs> all right. Uh, yeah. Michael? Yeah. Does that answer your, your question? What's up, yeah. Michael? Thank you. Okay, that you know, I like this girl. I've been liking her since the seventh grade, and like, I just get real scared around her, and like, she's one of those popular girls, and I'm a, I don't have any friends, and like, Right. I don't. I want to ask her to be my girlfriend. No, forget it. Now wait a minute. Forget let's, let's it. Explore what's really going on here. Have you? Do you think about her all the time? Yeah. Two years of this, Adam. Since he was. Tw since you were. No, three years of this, right? Um. Yeah. Yeah, three. but like when I was in junior high, there was always a really good looking. Actually, there was a couple of really good looking popular girls. I just had the good sense to steer clear of but, them. But were you thinking about her all the time? 
Um, this is this is a little, has an obsessive clinging quality. Uh, I didn't think about one all the time. I I thought about um, a couple of them uh, I- intermittently, and then what I did is I started creating one super untouchable bay by taking the head off of one of them all and right. the torso off. The all other. right, Michael. What 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 is it you'd like to do with really? her? If you, if you could have a date with her. No, I just wanna I just wanna beat with her. You know, I don't <laughs> I don't want to have sex or nothing. You no, know. No, I understand that. I just wanna like. Like what? I just want to be with her. I wouldn't mind getting a kiss, you know. Right, yeah. but everybody wants to be with her, right? No, not really. Well, I thought she was real popular. She is. She just she just hangs out with a lot of girls, and like whenever I'm going to go up to her, I get so nervous because she's with like yeah. a million people, mm-hmm. like an army. Yeah. Do you ever Do you have her phone number? No. No. I I can't even talk to her. Yeah, he can, I, I don't. Mm. Yeah, but so, yeah, okay. So Drew's a little freaked out because you're concentrating on one woman for so long, and you haven't even spoken to her. Right, from, the mean, age of, from the age of 12 like to age of 14. All right, we're, we're not counting greetings. Okay. Yeah, okay. you got you got to Here's what you need to do. You don't you don't have any friends, right? Well, I have one, but okay. like we don't hang out that much. All right, but you, you here's what you need is friends. Okay? Yes. That's yes. what you need. That'll make the yeah, pain go away. You make friends. Well, you Well, you, you use some of the same qualities you'd need to meet this girl. It's just not quite as scary approaching a group of guys as it is approaching a group of girls, especially 14. When you get uh, to be my age, it becomes more frightening to approach a group of guys because you think you're either going to be uh, sodomized or get your ass kicked, <laughs> or possibly both. But um, you need to just, uh, you know, you're in school, for Christ's sake. Yeah. You're surrounded by guys. Do extracurricular activities where you're going to be with people. Yeah, get on the softball com- team yeah, or common, whatever. Yeah, and try to make some friends because y- you're, you're going to... You're not going to gain the skills necessary to be able to get involved with somebody like this until you have... A supportive peer network and learn how to how to use and, and feel good about those relationships. But it's her. I just want to like I want to be able to go up to her and talk to her. It's you know? not going to happen. What? I had the same problem when I made a rock band. Yeah, it worked great. Yeah, you weren't big man on campus, were you, Lux? No, you weren't captain of the football team. No, I was like getting paddled and stuff like. Yeah, that, you're you're considered one of like one of weirdo kids, right? Yeah, yeah. Oh, exactly. and what year did you, did you do this kind of stuff that Michael's doing? Uh, stay in your head and stay alone. And no, no, I, I don't guess I did. I, I guess. Uh, well, I, I don't know. I, 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 See, I, I did some weird stuff. What year did you graduate high school? Oh, I, I don't want to. I don't want to. One of the reasons I'm so discouraging. Ago, I'm know. discouraging Michael from doing this. By the way, is that this had is, the Beatles hit the states yet? <laughs> he yeah, he just sorry. doesn't have the skills to pull this off, and it's gonna it's gonna make him feel worse about himself when he gets shot down, or if it doesn't become out the idealized manner. Yeah, but he has no intention of doing. He's just living in a sort of fantasy. But he life. but he sounds like he's thinking about trying to do something impulsive. And I think that'd be a big mistake until he has a supportive network to fall back on. Right. Yeah. All right. Uh, he needs yes because he needs he needs small uh, little victories mm-hmm. right now in his life. He does. Uh, he does uh, not need to be shot down by the woman he's been um, stalking for the last two years, for lack of a better term. <sighs> so, Lux, you didn't. You weren't on any sports teams or uh, uh, captain of the speech and debate club or anything like that. No, I was an artist. Right. The worst possible type. Right. Did you have uh, artist friends? Uh. No, I was kind of one of those kind of like James Dean types or something that just walked around and looked angry all the time. Or, he had a puppeteer friend. But I think I think that kind of turned on the girls though. But since I was always walking around looking angry and upset and everything, right? They like I couldn't go around and talk to him like him. You know, I couldn't go around and talk to him because then I wouldn't be mysterious anymore. You had a friend who was a puppeteer. Oh yeah, oh. yeah. I I, I, I had <laughs> marionettes and I was a ventriloquist too. You were. Yeah. Oh my God. Yeah. 
I can't. Now listen, I read your damn bio. It, it, it had said nothing, nothing of ventriloquism on there. I got to talk to these publicists. This is the kind of thing that needs it. I, yeah. I know it's not great radio ventriloquism, but uh, for my own amusement, it's, I'm going to ask Lux history, yeah. to do a little bit of that. Drew, sit on his lap. Uh, Lux, put your hand in Drew's ass, <laughs> and I want to see some top-notch ventriloquism when we come back. Here's Loveline before deworming. Here's Loveline after getting fixed. Here's Loveline chewing out its stitches. Here's Loveline dragging its butt across the carpet. Bad Loveline. Bad Loveline. Loveline has been bad, and we'll be right back. This is Dr. Drew for True Car. Everyone is talking about transparency these days, a word you hear a lot, because people want it. So when it comes to making a big purchase, like perhaps buying a new car, you expect some transparency in the buying process. This is a process that gives you the confidence to know you're getting the fair deal, right? So you can really look at all the details. To understand the power of transparency, you need to check out TrueCar and TrueCar's mobile app. TrueCar not only can configure the car you want how you want it, but you can see what others actually paid for the same car you're looking for. Down to the zip code, so right in your area, you see the very same car. So you know what you can expect to pay for the car you want. Pretty transparent, right? And once you decide on that car, you can lock in guaranteed savings on an average over $3,000 off MSRP. Then you're connected with a trusted TrueCar certified dealer that will honor your savings without any negotiation, no shenanigans. So when you're ready for a new, transparent car buying experience, save time, save money, and never overpay, download the TrueCar app today. This is John Favreau, and you're listening to Love Line with Adam Carolla and Dr. Drew. You missed your uh, arch nemesis, John Favreau, on the uh, outro. Yeah, speaking of my panic attacks. The cramps are here tonight. That would be Ivy and Lux. They have themselves a CD out. It's called, uh, where the hell is it? Uh, Big Beat from Badsville, and uh, they're starting a tour. Middle of October, hopefully coming to a town near you. You guys are pretty much going to cover everywhere, right? Pretty much, yeah. in the U.S. And uh, who you know, we were talking about who was opening for you guys, or at least playing with you guys on the tour. Opening on our tour will be Guitar Wolf from Japan, a totally amazing band. You'll hear more of in the future if you're into uh, avant-garde new things. Well, what is their? Do, do they uh, sing in English or Japanese? Or it's uh, what it is. Does it matter? It's Combination. Sounds, it doesn't matter. <laughs> it's like the the singer sounds like uh, it's got the greatest scream you've ever heard, and that's all he does is scream. It's kind of like, <laughs> and the records sound a lot like that too. Mm-hmm. But but I think they call it a key eye there. But on top of that, the distorted wild. Uh, uh, high-end uh, energy kind of scream and stuff. They, they write really great songs and play great guitar, and they're very acrobatic, just fly off, bounce off the ceiling. Can you hang out with them, though? Huh. I don't think so, because we, they don't speak English. Oh, boy, their parents pissed off. Maybe we have sign language or something like this. I don't know. We'll find out. You know, the lead singer's dad's a very prominent hand surgeon <laughs> in uh, Tokyo, and uh, he's just disgusted. He's probably disowned the child. <laughs> All right. Uh, but we're, got, all, we're also going out with the Demolition Doll Rods, who have the lead guitar player from the Gories, which was a legendary, amazing band from Oh, yeah, Detroit. true. It was pretty in, heavily influenced by the Gories in the uh, early I days. could tell. I could tell. Yeah. Yeah. Just Still by his, by way, his yeah. threads. <laughs> they have their, the, the Gories guitar player, but he is now 
uh, had a sex change uh, and is now wears dresses and everything. It's really true. He, he was a total looked like a total boy before, and now he looks like a completely believable. Is he a transsexual? Female. I mean, did he have? I don't the know surgery? if he transed all the way or not, but he's uh, actually uh, absolutely a fesexual uh, thing. I think this is something some you're type. probably going to find out at some point uh, on the tour, though. <laughs> I think you will be able to confirm that. You can phone it in from wherever you are on the road. Tony. Yeah. You're 27. You're on with the cramps. How you doing? Good. Well, I I uh, I wanted to talk to you about uh, my uh, ex-wife. She. Uh, the way you said I don't know. She just. You know, I've been I've been divorced from her for let me see. Uh, six years. How could she leave all? How could she leave all that? Okay. Well, anyways, um, you know, I she she gave me the the kid when um, he was two and a half, and you know, I've been raising him. My my mom helps me out a lot. You know, my brother helps me out a lot, and uh, you know, I have a little business here. Mm-hmm. And, selling uh, selling crack. Excuse me? No, no. No, I I do automotive work. Uh-huh. Out of your own garage? Yeah. No, oh, okay. That's bad. Child well, needs to be yeah. taken away. <laughs> um I also, you know, do other crafts and things like that. Right. Okay. But anyways, um <clears throat> does does your uh, ex-wife has have, you know, co-custody or visitation or anything no, like she, that? She she gave me sole custody. Oh. Well, what uh, a woman. What she, what an unselfish she, act. She girl. An addict? Excuse me. Is she an addict? Excuse me. Is she an addict? Um, I, I believe you know she's really into speed, really hardcore. That would and be an addict. Yeah, and and. Oh wait, that includes speed. <laughs> yeah. Oh boy. Well, you know what I mean. I'm gonna I mean, quit. Yeah, she's an addict. All right, just go ahead and say yes, all of you. She is a lot younger than me, also. Mm-hmm. But you know, I, I think she basically, you know, got me seduced when I was young. Right. You know, she was real young, but Well, you're you're 20 you got divorced when you're 21. Yeah. How old were you when you got married? Uh 19. Want to bet on his wife? Uh yeah. hold on. How old was she then? 15. She was uh let me see uh 15. Oh. Yeah. The baby was already born. Like uh. yes, you know, like yes to tally that number or up. Actually, uh. she was 16, I'm sorry. She was 16, I believe, when we got married. Married, but at least he got married for you know they had a kid. And yeah, married. all right. Well, I, you know, I tried. He tried. You know, yeah. I, okay. I, had a kid I couldn't please her, you know, in in ways that you know she was always sneaky. She lied to me constantly, you know. And I know it's all the drug that you know she's on. Right. You know, because I used to play with it myself. You know, I kind of hmm. just tend to the natural things and right. You know, leave herbal leave, ecstasy. Leave the no, he's talking about pot. Oh. Um. But you know, natural things. Uh, Please. <laughs> what are you talking about? Mushrooms and pot and stuff like that. Yeah, or yeah, for sure. Ca- carburetor cleaner. <laughs> Listen, Tony, you are as uh, transparent as uh, as uh, Drew's windshield. Please, we see right through you with all this uh, uh, herbal this and that. Come on. Uh-huh. You, you mean we've asked you a whole bunch of questions? Uh, yeah. Is she an addict? Uh, she's really strung out on speed. Heavily. Big Heavily. Time. <laughs> Right. Well, but she's not an addict. He sticks to the natural things. <laughs> I was picturing this guy like rock climbing on weekends and stuff. Well, you know what? I used to do that. All right. And all my friends. All right. But Tony, Tony. Looking for mushrooms. Huh. You, you have. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> There's like a big clump of them on the side of a cliff, and Tony had to repel. El Capitan. <laughs> yeah, the, 
Tony, listen, you have a child now, right? Yeah, and, and yeah. I, I yeah, do but pretty Mom well and brother and everybody else take care of them. All right, so what's your question? Well, see, I, you know, I think she sneaks around my house. You know, a couple years ago I got really sick real bad. And, you know, now I can't, I can't walk a great distance. I have a lot of feet problems. I've, I've got infection on my toe. My toenails all curled up, you know, and I've, I've been going to doctors. But, you know, I didn't go right away. Why do you have such an affliction? How did you get this from her sneaking around your house? Well, I, I don't know. She Tell brought the, the jungle rot in. Tell you the truth, you know, I've been perfectly honest with you. And, you know, I really do have to say that, you know, one day I, uh, you know, I, I was taking a bong hit. And I believe that she had poured something in there when she had come to uh, visit Anthony. In, in the bong or yeah. in the yeah into and, the into where the water goes yeah and now I'm suffering from uh, an empathy in in my feet a what know? a what it's it's empathy neuropathy a rampathy or neuropathy know, something like neuropathy that. and it's a painful amp uh, a rampathy neuropathy neuropathy <laughs> neuropathy <laughs> hold on I I like that rampathy remember uh, Norm Crosby <laughs> the uh, famous uh, comedian who had a whole bit Pain off of like making up his own words yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Tony is the uh, is the 90s Norm Crosby I see uh, I see a whole act for you that you get up there and just explain your affliction on stage the crowd goes wild all right uh, Tony yeah. Neuropathy uh, is usually from a substance in somebody your age. Did you did you do a lot of nitrous at one time? No. Did you drink a lot? Um, I drink, you know. All right. Yes. Here, that's here that's yes. where your neuropathy. I'm not uh, alky or anything. Uh, that's maybe where your neuropathy is coming from. All right, Tony. We have to play a cramp song, so I'm going to move this along. Uh, your ex-wife is a nutcase. Yeah. You're. Uh, Kind of hovering around the fringe yourself. Well, you know, the Please question. hear me out, Tony. Okay. Your your foremost uh, concern at this point should be uh, creating a good environment for your child so that he does not have to deal with um, hopped up broads who are uh, putting stuff in his bong when he becomes of age. Mm-hmm. You understand, Tony? <laughs> do not do, do not focus so much on the ex-wife. She's screwed up. She's out of the picture. Well, that's what I was going to ask you. I have full custody of him. I can just take off and leave. Good. Fine. You have our blessing. I mean, that, that's legal to do. I don't, I don't need to go. You can also get a restraining order to keep your home a safe place oh. if you don't want her around. Uh, Whoever's uh, home it is. Yeah. Uh, could you, uh, right. could you imagine the shape she was in for the judge uh, to say, um, I'm awarding sole custody to Tony. Tony, put down the bong. Come here. <laughs> I'm awarding you sole custody. <laughs> I know you have a philosophy of the foot. <laughs> oh, imagine mom's condition. All right. Uh, we don't want to make fun of Tony too much. Take care of the child, Tony. Yes. Take care of the feet and yes. take care of the child. Yes. All right. This, uh, the cramps are on their way out. We have uh, a couple of gents who are in a new movie called uh, Gravesend who are on their way in, but we will hear a song from the cramps on the way out called Super Goo. Super goo, super goo. Oh, hey, baby, it's at you. Super goo, super goo. Oh, hey, baby, what you do.
world's fastest drummer for Loveline. Hi, when I'm not drumming, up a storm. <laughs> what was the rest of it? Loveline will be right back. If it's not, sue me or something. Well, our friends at SeatGeek aggregate tickets from every major ticket site online. They put them all in one place. You can make comparison shopping for tickets. Very easy. It's very similar to a travel search engine like Kayak, something like that. But it is for sports and concert tickets. There's no better way to find baseball tickets this season. And if you use the promo code LOVELINE in the SeatGeek iPhone app, you will get a $20 rebate off your first SeatGeek purchase. Take less than a minute to download the app today. SeatGeek also has a technology called Deal Score that calculates what every ticket in the building is worth and whether the price you pay is worth it for that ticket. Pretty good deal. And one of the features I like most is their interactive stadium maps. You can see the ticket options mapped out to the row level at all Major League Baseball parks. To redeem your promo code and save $20 on tickets, download the free SeatGeek app from iTunes Store and add a promo code LOVELINE in the app. SeatGeek will then send you $20 once you've made your first SeatGeek purchase of $100 or more. Download the free SeatGeek app from iTunes or Google Play and enter promo code LOVELINE today. The SeatGeek app is your ticket to your favorite team seats for 2015. All right, it's Loveline. We're running late, and we'll be back in 10 seconds. This is Loveline on Radio Station. All right, the show's Love Line. I'm Adam Carolla. That is Dr. Drew. Phone number 1-800-LVE-191. Fax number 310-854-4455. Drew Carey will not be coming in Sunday. For those of you who are already lining up questions, uh, he will not be here. Some kind of uh, difficulty with his publicist or some crap. And let me just go on a um, minor (laughs) diatribe. This is not about This is not a problem with him. This is a problem with... (laughs) The Wranglers. The Wranglers. Yeah. Here's the situation. Most people, uh, most celebrities are actually really decent, uh, friendly folk. It's just they're surrounded by a, uh, I don't want to call it an entourage, I'll call it a uh, crap barrage. <laughs> they have this this, this uh, sphere of crap around them. These are pencil-pushing idiots who don't do anything, but they're, they're basically... You know when uh, you see the nature films and the sharks swim around and they got the pilot fish on the bottom of them? That's what these people are. Just, just get a little blood. Just, if I could just pick a, pick a, a gnat off the skin of this guy, I could, I could uh, put myself an addition on the house up in the hills. That's what these people do. And these are the people that are hard to deal with. And these are the people that screw with us on occasion. But that's all right. Love line will keep rolling along. Tony... Tucci and uh, Sal Stabile are here. Now, these guys, uh, Tony stars in, and Sal wrote, directed, produced everything. Accurate. The uh, Gravesend film, which I just saw this evening from the uh, comfort and uh, quiet serenity of my own bedroom. And uh, this is a very low-budget film. Does your, your VCR take anything besides porno? I it initially rejected it. Ah, okay. <laughs> it wasn't used to it. 
You know, it's like when you uh, reach in the refrigerator and there's some unmarked container and you think you're drinking lemonade and you get milk mm. and it's shocking at first. That's kind of the reaction my VCR had. It actually spat it back at me. But I approached it quietly and no, no coaxed, intended, huh? coaxed it back in. I told the, the VCR there would be some nudity at the beginning, <laughs> and that was enough to get it in. I was disappointed, however, to see there, were no, there was no nudity well, in the good film. good language. A lot, lot, lot of language. The, lot uh, of the mother effer mm-hmm. was, uh, a lot of that. was used in the credits. <laughs> Actually, right at the very beginning, it said it was uh, it was directed by Mother F and <laughs> Sal Stabile. <laughs> but this was a very low budget film. It was made with what five grand? Fifty one hundred dollars. Fifty two hundred thirty four dollars. Yeah. Oh, it was crap for fifty two. Yeah. For five grand, it was five a, grand. it was a film though. <laughs> and it was uh, well. Why don't uh, why don't Sal? Why don't you tell us a story about it? you narrated throughout? Did you not? Correct. And uh, the thing that was cool, actually, is um, just the whole narrative thing is uh, always something that draws me right in. And uh, Sal does not sound like um, he wouldn't make it as a, you know, he's, he's not going to replace anybody uh, on the uh, you know, Leno show doing, uh, doing Alpo commercials. He has a very realistic sounding voice, right. not, yeah. the, not, the, not Lauren Green, right. if you know what I'm saying. <laughs> but it, it, it drew you in that much more. So, uh, Sal, you tell the story. Tell the story uh, about Gravesend. Mm-hmm. Okay, we made it um, three years ago. We started making it. I casted these four idiots. In the Come film. on, man! Oh, no, I'm kidding. No respect really. on the radio. I'm joking. These guys were great, and I didn't know. I, actually, I was the idiot who with the idea, and we showed up on set with no money. First night we had 15 people. We shot. Second night we had 10 people, and then the third night we uh, came back and we had three people: myself, my girlfriend, and my DP. And we ended up making this film for five grand, which we brought to the Hamptons Film Festival, where we received some more money. And then we brought it to Seattle, got great reviews. And that launched us into um, the office of Oliver Stone, who is the presenter of the film, and uh, a deal of DreamWorks with Steven Spielberg. The film is about four guys from Brooklyn who accidentally murder their friend's brother and have to get rid of the body. It takes place over one night, and they go to this fixer named Jojo. Right, the junkie. Jojo the junkie. He was great, by the way. He was amazing. Great. I found him on Mulberry Street. I used he's to work getting a lot of good him. reviews. Yeah, he's getting great reviews. I found him. I used to work on Mulberry Street, restaurant called El Fernayo, and um, he used to come in every day and eat, and I said, he'd be perfect this part, and uh, that's how I cast him. So. Well, he- did you know he was an actor, or was he an actor? Yeah, he used to bring pictures in, like of Robert De Niro, when he used to work on the Bronx Tale. On the Bronx, he worked on Bronx Tale, mm-hmm. and he was in it as an extra. Right? As an extra, and he would come in with these pictures. I'm like, I don't care about Robert De Niro with you in a picture, you know? It's like right. he's showing me all these pictures. I'm like, all right, whatever. And then when the time came, we needed a fixer. We needed JoJo the Junkie, who right. better than him, you know? And uh, it, he asks for a thousand dollars. These guys can't do it, and he asks for five hundred and a thumb. Right. Yeah. And and. Uh, no, no, they didn't pay him. This is in the movie, Drew. Mm-hmm. Drew, it's you didn't see that. the movie? Not yet. No. Why are we here, then? Drew, what? Uh, <laughs> Come on, buddy. You gotta, Screw you Drew. The well, maybe we'll go pay 50. Yeah. Uh, the, 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 the JoJo Junkie was, uh, was awesome, and he was a chubby junkie, which I appreciated. Normally, they have these sort of uh, waif junkies that you see so much about in, in movie roles. It's nice to see a, a junkie with an with a eating problem. He's a healthy junkie. And uh, the movie was, uh, it almost seemed... Is if uh, you uh, you guys uh, didn't um, adhere to the script all the time. That no, must have been a lot of um, improvisation involved. A whole lot. But it, it it gave it a very. It was almost. Uh, it had sort of a documentary feel to it. Yeah, like a Robert Altman kind of film. Is that? 
Mm-hmm. More like a little mean streets to it, a little bit of kids. You ever see the movie Kids? Yeah, it did feel like uh, Kids. I did see that. Mm-hmm. And um, it, it was sort of as if um, you were a film crew was following around uh, this group during this caper, if you will. And essentially that's what it was, though, because that's all the budget uh, would allow for. Right. But um, Tony was uh, great in it. Tony uh, who I, I was uh, scared to meet tonight because uh, he was so convincing in the Thank role is just a um, his maniacal a uh, street thug as you're ever going to want to meet uh, in the film and uh, did a very convincing job. Uh, the the rest of the cast was great and I guess it uh, went over Oliver Stone and um, and Spielberg as well. How does that uh, Oliver Stone presents work? <laughs> well, there's no names in it, so it was hard to get a distributor. Right. So. Him presenting it helped get a distributor. But how do you um, how do you achieve that presenting title? Do you put some money toward it and lend your name to it, or is there something that Oliver had to do? He did it out of the kindness of his heart. He loved the film and knew that we needed uh, financing to finish the film, and he came along through my agent. Mm-hmm. And he decided he wanted to take a meeting with me, meet me. He said he loved the film and what my plans. I said, look, I really want to get a distributor for the film. It's hard. I want to see it in a theater. And he said, well, I'll do whatever I could. And then. It came about like he was asking and going to these companies, asking them to distribute the film, and he came up along Island Records, and Island Records came along and they said, well, distribute the film. And um, Oliver said, well, you know, I said, Oliver, can I put your name on it as a presenter? And he said, yeah, sure, fine. And that was it. Never asked for anything. And Hey, uh, do you ever talk to Oliver Stone then? I mean, you oh, speak yeah. to him? Could you ask him if we could put his name on this show? <laughs> <laughs> Oliver Stone pre- presents a love line. As we're a couple of no names who are looking for <laughs> looking for backers too. Uh, all right. So uh, one last question before we uh, then That's go good. to the phones. Um, when you you say you just had real limited funds, fifty one hundred bucks, and you put together a, kind of a rough cut of the film, but obviously it took quite a bit more to get it to the finished product that I saw tonight. Like thousands and thousands of dollars, correct? The final product cost fifty million. Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> no. it would end up costing like um, a little over a hundred thousand dollars to finally to finish. Right. It, what what kind of condition is it in when you show people to get the backing? I mean, because it was a long ways away from what it was when I saw it tonight. It was very rough. Extremely. I mean, there was sound missing, music missing. Um, it was hard to listen. Yeah, right. Exactly. The you slates were a lot. The We missed a lot. There was no ending, and it was really yeah. bad. I mean, it should give hope to people out there making a movie because totally. when we showed it originally, it was so bad, and these people came along and helped us along. I mean, there was a general premise, and there was some really good acting. Right. I mean, that's what makes the film the acting actually. So, so the, the 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 version that you showed them is almost like a sales pitch. I mean, it's almost like saying, uh, see the talent involved, uh, see the writing involved, see the potential here. A little bit more, and we'll 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 push it over the top. Yep, pretty much. Yep, it's like oh. a pilot. <laughs> yeah, except for this is good. Samantha, I was watching uh, uh, the uh, Must See TV tonight and uh, ran into a few new shows. That, uh, sitcoms to me uh, today are just turning into almost parodies of, of each themselves. Other. Yeah. I mean, sure. just huge laugh tracks. 
uh, every set looks like uh, the decorator just like you can just see his ass leaving the set is it I mean I don't care how much I don't care if they if they're uh, junkies living on Skid Row it's an amazing uh, studio loft that uh, that they have on Skid Row and everything is just so sterile and so lit and all the characters are so predictable and it's just uh, you know I was just uh, saying to my roommate tonight geez this is 20 years after all in the family this is, you know, 15 years uh, after Taxi or um, whatever whatever your show uh, du jour was uh, in the 70s. This is how far we've come? I mean, this is a huge regression. Are, are people getting that much stupider or are the which, executives which getting dumb? I was just watching... Because um, let's pick some people out and rag on Okay, them. I was just watching the one that was uh, nestled in between uh, Friends and Seinfeld tonight, Union Square. I've this is a uh, new one, but oh, I can't wait till Miko comes out. This is the one I want to see. <laughs> Union Square, just just the the, the trailers for that. The, the commercials look like Wings Revisited. That's what it is. It's 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 even it's even less uh, believable and yeah. uh, more predictable yeah. and uh, more stereotypical. It's like uh, first off, we have to have one of every nationality in in our sitcom, right. which uh, which you always see. It's always like the Rainbow Coalition when you see five people hanging out. <laughs> no, the reality is you got the white people over here, you got the Asians over there, you got the Jews over there, you got the blacks over there. That's basically how these things work. Uh, but anyway, I swear to God, at this year they have a guy from um, the, the guy from like a Zimbabwe is behind the counter. There's a uh, there's an Asian cook. Is this there's square? a yeah. There's an Italian uh, bus boy. There is a uh, Latino uh, star uh, female who's in. I mean, it was really uh, it was like um, something from um, uh, Epcot Center. <laughs> well, the name it Epcot Center. Samantha. Yes. Hi. Hi. Hey. Hey. You're 15. Um, What's going on? Okay. The other week, I just started. Somebody asked me to you know be his girlfriend, and I said yes because I thought I really really liked him. And I decided to be an idiot that day, and I said yes, even though I guess I wasn't pretty sure of it. And now that I think about it, we're like, I, I'm pretty sure he wants to go a little farther than I think I would want to go. How, how old is he? He's 14 and a half. Okay. Jesus, and, 14 well, I was mean, throwing a baseball for a wall. I, yeah, it was <laughs> like right? uh, that scene from The uh, Great Escape where uh, they kept locking. Was that The Great Escape? Where what? Uh, where they kept locking Steve. <laughs> we, we, you, you had the thought. You didn't communicate it to us. Yeah. You ever see the movie The Great Escape? Yes. Uh, Steve McQueen kept getting thrown back into the cooler, right. and each time he went in there, he had a baseball mitt and like a tennis ball, and he was just chicken bump, chicken bump, chicken bump. He would just sit there and bounce it off the wall over and over again. Poor Samantha has a dilemma. We're oh, I'm about sorry. Yeah, Samantha, so, so you, you started seeing this guy. He wants to be a monogamous relationship with you, and you think he wants to be physically... Involved with you, right? Yeah, and he. How about saying no? Okay, I have. I've and that. And, and he says he'll wait for me. But okay, honestly, there you go. But just till the weekend. <laughs> but no. what happened? Well, it's like honestly, I just don't want it to be like that. I think we're missing something mentally. You just don't want to be in this relationship. Yeah, but I mean, and I just started it last week, and I don't want to be like a complete. In total. Well, the longer you string it along, the more difficult it's going to be to end, right? Right. Be honest and tell them. Yeah. The just, truth. just you, you, you just, you're too young. Your parents won't let you go out. Uh, you can make a million excuses. Uh, let me, let me give a quick uh, scenario <laughs> here. Drew, you're a doctor, right? Right. Uh, somebody comes in for a routine exam. You find cancer. Right. Very painful to tell that person, isn't it? Yes. So what do you do? Sit on it for a few years? Let it, it fester? Let it grow? Yeah. At least that long. You know what I'm saying? Yes, you 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 confront these things quickly. I mean that right. uh, 
that time does not improve these sorts of situations and makes them worse. No, and 15-year-old girls don't date 14-and-a-half-year-old uh, guys because uh, their, their, their love of masturbation and wiffle ball at, at that age <laughs> is not going to uh, quench your uh, thirst for, for a relationship. No. For an available human being. No. Guys who are 14-and-a-half should be dating 9-year-olds. That's my <laughs> policy, Drew. Aaron. Yeah. You're 23. Hey, how you guys doing, man? Good. What's up, man? Hey, uh, good luck with your movie. You know, if if Steven Spielberg put his name on, it must be really good. Uh, Oliver Steven, Stone. Oliver Stone, not Steven oh, Spielberg. I'm sorry, Oliver Stone. You said Spielberg picked it up, too, didn't you? Oh, no, he, I have a deal with him doing What's the name of it? Gravesend. Go Graves, see it. Gravesend. Oh, all right. Yeah, oh, by the way, where is it playing? Uh, it's playing at the uh, Lemley Sunset 5, the UA in Brentwood. Uh, Westwood? Westwood. Uh, where else? One other theater. You have to look closely. Is it is it New York and L.A. right now? It's yeah. Uh, no, no. There's uh, twenty other cities. Philadelphia it opens. Chicago, uh, Portland, Portland, yeah. Seattle. We're in those, uh, those places. places. Yeah, yeah. So yeah. Cool. yeah. So those who are in those places, go see this movie. Opens uh, tomorrow. Twenty other cities. Aaron, what can we do for you? Uh, well, I was just curious as to what, how how nitrous affects. You know the brain. I mean, I, I understand that it takes a different route than alcohol, mm -hmm. so it, it's a little different. But it's a lot uh, different. Don't they both essentially uh, like kill brain cells? I mean, well, alcohol sure does. Uh, alcohol is one of the few drugs of abuse or addiction that is basically poisonous to all human tissue, uh, and used a sufficient quantity over a sufficient period of time, you get medical problems. Nitrous. It's it's a little more confusing and a little more less well understood. I mean, you can be exposed to nitrous on an occasional basis and have no significant effects. I am of the opinion that any substance that causes hallucinations as a result of its primary effect on the brain will cause some brain disturbance. And as, I can tell you, I had a bad trip at the dentist, yeah. as you know, Drew, yeah. uh, just the other you week. You haven't been right ever since that, by the way. No, I really haven't. Thanks yeah. for uh, bringing that up, Drew. Yeah. Um, I just got actually. I just had nitrous like uh, Tuesday. Two weeks ago. Yeah. No, no, no. But oh, Tuesday, again? No, I get it every time. Oh. I get it in the waiting room. Oh, I, I, once they know you're into the nitrous at the dentist, so, they start strapping so it on you. So what is this? I'm lost. Is it a gas or? Yeah, oh, people use, boy, so, boy, boy. young people use a lot of it. It's done in rave scenes, things like that. But it's here's a, what here's what people happens. People tend not to get addicted to it, but it is a dangerous drug of abuse for multiple reasons. One is people can get cardiac rhythm disturbances and die. They can fall down and smash their head open. If they use it long enough, they can get hallucinations, and they can get what's something called ascending polyneuropathy, where they they lose the feeling in their feet, and it ascends up to their neck, and they can't breathe. So what are, what are these kids thinking? Yeah, what, what is, is he doing, this guy? How oh, is he doing oh, it? Oh, please. Yeah, <laughs> you're you're so naive, you guys. This is, this is, this is the <laughs> easy been, stuff. You've been too much time in the editing bay. Yeah, exactly. I'm telling you, you got to uh, get out in the real world. What are you kidding? Uh, when I well, was, I remember uh, Quaaludes, weed. You know, I never coke. had a Quaalude, by the no, way. I did. Oh. Never used to. Yeah, everyone Imagine used to, uh, that. Everyone used to talk about a great Quaaludes. Yeah, it's still on my drugs to do list. <laughs> <laughs> Quaaludes and a peyote are still uh, the two I got to check off that list. Let me finish my point though. I'm that take any drug that cause hallucinations probably cause some brain disturbance via a glutamate pathway stimulation causes a sub something called excitotoxicity. Mm. That brain cells, when they're excited in an abnormal or extra physiologic fashion, get destroyed. Uh, let me ask you a quick question. Are you a real doctor or just a love doctor? <laughs> yeah, great. <laughs> Drew's favorite question. <laughs> so you're like a counselor guy, or what are your qualifications? Uh, Jesse. Jesse? Hello. Ooh, hey. on for 90 minutes. Mm, Jesse may be sleeping. Jess. Jesse. Bye-bye.
I'm not going to put him back on hold because uh, he uh, picked a bad time to go to the bathroom. Uh, Yeah, nitrous uh, nitrous is basically something that comes in these big tanks and people steal them from... um, Actually, it's used as a propellant, which is kind of weird. People, you, you know, when so people, su- you ever heard of people like sucking off the top of whipped cream cans? Mm-hmm. Uh, that that is nitrous. to suck yeah. the nitrous out of it and get a head rush. And uh, nice. <laughs> poor guys working at the 7 Eleven. I guess but. they don't have money to go buy the real stuff, I guess. Well, that is the real stuff, uh, at least uh, according to them. But it, when I was in high school, some kid would steal like a tank and they'd have these nitrous parties in someone's garage where they'd uh, steal a big tank like the tanks they used to fill up uh, balloons at the carnival right. and they'd just hook up uh, some surgical <laughs> tubing to it. And all right, all right, up. enough of your <laughs> shenanigans. Let's get going. Oh, man. Wow. God, you're, having a, you're getting high just talking about it. Well, I didn't say I did. I was saying yeah. you know, <laughs> the, bad, the bad seeds did. Danny, you're 21. Yes. Hey. How you doing? Hey, Good. what's up? Um, right now, I am getting ready to get involved in a uh, relationship with another lady. Mm-hmm. But unfortunately, we both come from very abusive situations, and I just kind of want to know what to look out for to make sure this one doesn't become abusive. What is your situation? My situation. Um, I'm 21, been, I don't know, physically, mentally, sexually abused. Starting at what age? Um, I'm saying about... I got out of the situation when I was about seven or eight. Ugh. Wow. And how but about your girlfriend? When did her stuff? Uh, what's that? How old was she, the girlfriend, when this all happened to her? Um, actually, it was still happening to her up until very recently. How, how old was she when it started, though? Um, I'm not exactly sure. It was pretty much her it's, whole life. It's interesting. Oh. You know, we, we hear an awful lot about this show about people gravitating to one another for specific uh, pathological reasons. But you, you know, like attracts like. There's, you know, people that have similar developmental arrests tend to, mm-hmm. tend to kind of grab it. So it's natural enough you'd go to somebody like this, but y- have your relationships been pretty chaotic in the past? No. Yours have been stable? Yeah, they've been very stable. H- how about hers? Mm, they have not been stable. Yeah. Uh, have you been, you, you're sort of the fixer guy, you always get in, you do you typically go for people that are that are uh, have been abused or, or traumatized in some way? Not, no, actually I've never really dated anyone who's been abused. Okay. Well, it's going to, it, it's typically... It's, hey, it's, Danny, did you get uh, some counseling or something? Um, well, other than, the, you know, school counseling and stuff like that, but no, not not anything major. Because you sound... Uh, Normal? Pretty well off. Well, I hate <laughs> to use that word, but um, I don't want to offend the lux from the cramps by using the N-word. But for a guy who's been through what you've been through, uh, you sound you sound like you're on pretty stable ground. <laughs> well, I like to think so. Uh, well, but uh, but people's craziness comes out in their relationships, and this, this may be your opportunity to... Uh, yeah, that's that's exactly what I'm worried about. Yeah. Is I, I came from an abusive situation, and she came from it, and I just yeah. don't want to end up abusing her because I actually care about or, her. Or, or her abusing you. Which how is old really, abusing well, me, it yeah, sounds right. more like you're setting yourself how up How old is you. she now, Danny? Um, She is 26. And she just got out? What do you mean? Um, Well, her last boyfriend. Oh, oh okay. She's been with him right. for seven years, I right. think. Okay. Well, no, wait a minute. Wait a minute. How old was she? She was abused as a child? Yes, yeah, she was. All right. And then she went on to get an abusive relationship. Well, now now she's doing the other side of that. What's that? Now now she's flipping around doing the other thing. She's found somebody she can abuse. Hmm. Hmm. And uh, that's probably what you're setting yourself up for here. Unless she's had a ton of therapy, Danny, you're going to have your hands full. Yeah, I figured as much. You know? Yeah. Well, uh, you know. Oh, listen. I, you know, people, uh, (laughs) I... 
I always have mixed feelings about this because I don't want to tell somebody uh, this person's damaged goods, yeah, they've been abused, this? stay away from them, and all that. But we also know from doing the show night after night that people that had significant abuse um, done to them at a young age especially, unless they've gotten a ton of counseling, are gonna tend to have real chaotic relationships and you should just know it if you're gonna get involved with these people on it you can two people that have you know, that have seen with no it like cats and dogs so um, this certainly gives you even that much more um, reason to, to um, do battle in the relationship so uh, Danny uh, God bless you give Good it luck. a try but uh, don't uh, don't hold your breath on this one all right Drew you want to sell what? Oh, uh, here's yeah. uh, Brian. Mm-hmm. A mm-hmm. Very esoteric question here. He had sex with his girlfriend in the pool. Uh-huh. Could she get pregnant? Okay, I'm gonna have fun mm, with this genius. Know. Yeah, this, this sounds good. Love line will be right back. Love line will be right back after we kill the singer. Oh no, go ahead. Sorry. Tricom, Mike. Yeah, Tricom. Great product. That's right. It's uh, more more effective at reducing itch than 1% hydrocortisone, which is the usual topical story that you can get over the counter. That's the way people typically use, right? That's what they typically yeah. use. And I want to remind people, always make sure if it's something in any way out of the ordinary, be sure to see your doctor, see a dermatologist to make sure it's not a derm or medical problem because the skin can express underlying medical conditions. But if it's just plain old winter itch, winter skin, this Tricom can really be very effective. You can also use Tricom in the warmer months on bug bites, poison ivy, sumac, and other skin irritations. But right now it is winter time, and there is the Tricom money-back itch-free guarantee. If the user is unsatisfied, they mail back the empty tube for a full refund, Mike. Yeah, and and you listen, you probably already have two to three of these anti-itch products in your medicine cabinet already, mm-hmm. and and they're just not going to get the job done the way. That Tricom is. So turn to Tricom. Look, money back guarantee. I mean, come on now. That's right. Even if they are as effective as Tricom, hydrocortisone has a bunch of side effects you may not be aware of. And this will give you the same itch relief for winter skin as the hydrocortisone without the side effects. And it works quickly and the relief lasts. Okay? So Tricom. Tricom is your stuff. That's right. Be sure to get Tricom and remember the itch-free guarantee. If you're unsatisfied, mail back the empty tube for a full refund. That is Tricom. Everybody on the floor, this is Ice T. You're listening to Love Line with Adam Carolla and Dr. Drew. Nobody moves, nobody gets hurt. Tony Tucci and uh, Sal Stabile are both here. And uh, Tony would be the star of Gravesend, and Sal would be the uh, writer, producer, director. <laughs> And all that. And this is a uh, new film, and I saw it tonight, and I thought it was great. And it's going to, I guess it already is in uh, theaters, but it's going to get a little uh, wider release. And uh, look for it in a theater near you, because um, it's kind of, actually, it's kind of, uh, there's there's uh, there are some laughs in it, <laughs> even though it's a very intense 
film, and I, I always think the most genuine laughs come out of the situation, but not when they've been sort of uh, force-fed right. to the actors. But like the beginning scene when um, you're, you're, you're doing the math problem, that's, that's, it's, it's, uh, it's hilarious, and it's sort of it's believable and it's simple, and it's just something you wouldn't uh, you wouldn't see in that situation. Right. It's 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 out of place for the situation, but you buy it being in that situation. So uh, enjoyable, uh, gritty, decent amount of profanity, <laughs> not much nudity. I guess you need a little bigger budget uh, exactly. to get the nudity. Nobody wanted to get naked on my set. But you know what I would have done to save the nudity? Like when I make a film and I don't have any budget and I want some nudity, right. I'm just going to have a scene where a guy's reading a hustler. And he's <laughs> well, just, you know, sort of holding it up. I, I told him I think I should have a sex scene or something, and he wouldn't allow it. He said <laughs> Zane wouldn't have a sex scene. <laughs> well, I saw you trying to get that girlfriend right. of yours in the hall. Exactly. Oh, Sal, it's such a decent boy. Look at him. Uh, Drew. Wake up. We're doing the show now. Yeah, okay. Uh, Tony had a goatee, and uh, he just a uh, fearsome creature. <laughs> uh, really, uh, really uh, effective acting, because uh, I was frightening you the whole time. Thank you. Brian. Hello? Hey, you're Brian. 22. Yeah, um, tonight, um, me and my girlfriend had sex in the pool. Oh. Okay, and um, she's coming off her period, and I came inside her. You're in trouble. Hello? Yeah. Did she possibly get pregnant? Well, you got a shark problem. If, okay. Um, oh. Oh, man. Oh, okay. Man. Oh, it's late. Come on. Uh, she's finishing her period. All right. Here's yeah. the deal. Here's the deal. I know about this, actually. Go ahead. Does diatomaceous earth, yeah. is that an effective barrier, Drew? Right. Uh, See, I've been in your place, Drew. Um, Brian. Brian. Oh, Brian, Drew, whatever. I'm bad with names. Uh, yeah. When they're coming off their period, correct me if I'm wrong, their eggs have dropped. Blood. Is there any blood left, or was she just coming off it today? Um, she came off it, I think, yesterday. Okay, yeah, and then they go through a cycle in which they're going to ovulate in about 10 days, and that's the prime time for getting someone pregnant. Before that, I mean, there's still a chance that you can get pregnant, but there is less of a... Yeah, but there's always a chance to get pregnant. If, if you Yeah, but Sal's essentially right. If your penis... Is he out. not... Yeah, if your penis is inserted into the vagina, job, there's Sal. a chance of pregnancy, whether or not you ejaculate. Really? Okay, whether or not she's menstruating, no matter where you are in the cycle, All right. there All right. is a potential. Yeah, it's, 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 but Drew, listen, <laughs> man, we've talked about this before. Hold on, Brian, let me talk to Drew. Yes, could she get pregnant? <laughs> yes, the answer is yes. Right, okay. Uh, uh, the kid. If it had been 18 days later, would it be more likely? Yes. Right, but here's what I always talk to you about, Drew, is you, uh, <laughs> you don't shade your answers correctly. You We're will give it. you will give the most uh, minute chance, uh, and you will have that sound the same as a very strong possibility. Do you know what I'm saying? Yes, I understand that. But the fact is, people it's it's to make the point that people tend to minimize any chance, right? Except when there is an extreme. Right, but if chance. you BS people that way, then BSing, they tend to think you're BSing about BSing. everything. I don't mean to be BSing at all. Okay. And you should be wearing a condom anyway. That's right. And the pool yeah. has no impact on it at all. That's exactly. what I think he was getting at. He was hoping the chlorine would somehow do something. No, oh, the kid's going to be a genius. All right, uh, Jesse. Yes. You're 20. She was asleep, remember? Oh, were you sleeping, Jesse? She was having sex. No, actually, I was on. <laughs> my ex boyfriend called me. Mm -hmm. Oh, God. And, uh, trying to get him off the phone. I see. Oh, what timing? So you've been on hold for 90 minutes, and how long did you talk to your ex? Like maybe two, three minutes. And that's when we chimed in. Yep. What's your that question? Timing. Yes. But anyway, so I had a hysterectomy um, about. 
Hold on, Sal, you want to explain that? How, how old is she? 20. Wow. It's amazing. Why was it? Really? Why, why'd you have the operation? Um, well, I, uh, my ex-boyfriend, my, I have twin boys, mm-hmm. and uh, their dad gave me a... Uh, the, the doctor didn't know, because I, I tested negative for everything. Mm-hmm. They, they tested, like, all the stuff, and, and I was negative. But my doctor said I was e- it was either caused by gonorrhea or chlamydia. So you had PID with, like, a tube ovarian abscess. Something right, like right. And I what the, let, me, let me explain what this is. What, what this is, and, and by the way, uh, PID is, can, can be caused, we believe, by other bacteria than classical sexually transmitted bacteria. Right, right. And so that's probably what happened. Something got up there. Yeah. And the, the infection gets into the vagina, sends up through the uterus into the tubes, and uh, you can have some pelvic cramping and discharge, and you might not pay any attention to it, and an abscess can form, and that can be life-threatening, and you can lose your pelvic organs as a result of right. that. Right. Right. The, my doctor said that I'd had it for almost a year. Yeah. But I'd been tested for like everything. Like I'd yeah, gone but in for does, pap smears. Well, they missed it. Yeah. They missed it. Yeah, like that whole year, like a bunch of times. Hmm. And uh, and finally. Is that negligent? How's that happen? No. How did he miss it? It can hide. I I have no idea. It can hide. Were you having can, pelvic can pain? Can herpes and gonorrhea and hide no, also? No, I was I was fine mm-hmm. for like Cl- chlamydia. Can um, hide. Herpes can run, uh, <laughs> but they can't hide. Uh, gonorrhea can uh, hobble <laughs> and duck out, but uh, cannot run and hide. Yeah. At least. Right. Uh, I just uh, went for a pee-pee test, and I'm kind of scared now. Oh, right? yeah, you're a big-time uh, filmmaker yeah, now. Yeah, you better totally. make, you get yourself checked that out. That stuff is scary, man. They come, they have to drop your pants. You have to stick a little thing. And probe up there. Yeah, probe up uh, there. That was not fun. How far How far did the probe go? No, not very far. No, I didn't but think so. You know what? You know you're clean, and then you're just, like, waiting around, and, like, the doctor said, I'll give you a call in two days, and, he, like, he doesn't call. Oh, he actually did call me, and he left a message, Sally, I need to talk to you. Oh, oh yeah. Could you great. imagine, like, the on hold, 30 seconds felt like 16 days, and it was <laughs> It, did he? Did he? Then you called him back, and he told you it was negative. I yelled at him. I, sc- I right. screamed. I mean, I was so pissed off. But yeah, he called me back and said everything is fine. I just want to let you know because you were going on vacation. I, just, I didn't want to leave you on your machine. Thanks. <laughs> well, you can't leave stuff like that on a machine. Uh, well, yeah, we, yeah, we, the, the, here'd be the uh, message. Wh- uh, we did the, uh, the, you know, the sexually <laughs> transmitted disease screen no. on you, and, no. and you, and you turn on your living room. Your mom's there, or your girlfriend's there. I mean, what, what was that all about? No, it's, no, it's confidential. no. Yeah, it's, uh, this is uh, this is Doctor Higginstaller. <laughs> all systems go. Enjoy Tahiti. That's it. That's what you do. See you, doctors. You have, right. Oh, all right. So Jesse. Yeah. What's your question? Yeah, what is your question? So, anyway, um, I was wondering, because uh, ex- he's now my ex-boyfriend, but I was with him for probably six months. Um, I really, honestly, I really don't think he was cheating on me, but, like, lately I've been feeling kind of uh, a f- not really cramps, not like I had before I had my hysterectomy. Um, but I was wondering, how likely is it for me to get another uh, another PID? You have no... There's no... I you have no pee. <laughs> you have no pelvic organs anymore. Right. But, I mean, is it... Could, could I get an infection again? How? There's nothing there. There's nothing there to get infected. Right. The vagina is sewn off, and that's that's mm. all there is there. Yeah. Well, see, the, the only thing that, that, I, that made me think about that is because uh, he has a... He has a piercing down there, and he, I nice. guess he's having some problems... Um, and I thought maybe I could have gotten something from that, or I can't see how. But you can certainly get like a, like a piece of turquoise lodged <laughs> in there or something. <laughs> 
He right. didn't stop by the Indian reservation <laughs> on the way back from I mean, uh, Vegas, did he? There are complications of the surgery. Did you finish your antibiotics oh. afterwards? Oh. oh, yeah. Okay. And there, there, you can get small bowel obstructions from the scarring and adhesions that occur after the repair of this. So you need to go back and get evaluated to see if this is somehow related to the surgery. I doubt it. What do you mean it's sewn shut? You c here's I'm going to draw you a picture. Draw the again. vagina. Right, this is my favorite part of the show. So if this is I'm taking that board home to draw. <laughs> right, what you might do with it. All right, that's All right, a so penis. Here's, here's, here's that's what a vagina room. looks like. No, yeah. Wow. Well, yeah, no, here's you the, this, paying this, attention. You're usually yeah, so drunk. That's not what it looks like to this me. Is the cervix, this is the uterus. Okay, they took all this out. And they just uh, sewed off right here. Well, wow. the fallopian tubes and stuff. Yeah, is that what that is? Yeah. So how do you get it back in? Well, this this is the outside world oh, here. You still have a vagina there. So, they what they do? Cut the tube there? No, they took all of it out. But do they sew this shut? They sew it right there? Yeah, yeah. that's confusing. Couldn't... This is the uterus. Okay. Yeah. Looks, can like... you ever have a child? You can't? No. no they can't sorry. implant something into anything? Um, if they left the ovaries, which they probably did, they can harvest eggs from the ovary and implant them in somebody else. Oh, really? Yeah. Like uh, the husband? No. No. Okay. Well, so uh, what are the symptoms for chlamydia? Chlamydia? Maybe nothing. Nothing? Nothing. Really? And it's the most common cause of infertility in the country. Wow. Gets up in the tubes so you can't and just smolders along. You don't along. even know. How do you know? We're getting better at detecting. Sometimes you don't. What's this? Nothing. Hey, uh, nothing. But I got an idea, boys. Go ahead. And this is why I need to be involved with your next project. <laughs> <laughs> because I'm an innovator. Okay. Don't let the uh, dorky DJ rap fool you. <laughs> I can write. <laughs> you know, I was watching the uh, 2020 news program uh, last weekend, and they're talking about how they train these... Uh, these dogs that work at the airport, <laughs> yeah, and they got these dogs that sniff anything. Yeah, I mean they sniff out marijuana. Right, they right. got one that sniffs uh, heroin. They got one that sniffs for like fruit and kielbasa and stuff. <laughs> they can train one of these um, uh, schnauzers to sniff anything out. We give them to sniff out venereal disease. Ah, you don't even have to take your pants off. Good idea. You go walking in. As a matter of fact, it's not, oh, you're going to need that with the big picture <laughs> deal and everything. When the chicks come through the door to the uh, palatial Hollywood state, estate, you just sniff them right out. The dog puts the nose right into the groin. If the dog really starts spinning out, it's time to leave. That's great. That's all. We'll get, we'll get a dog for crabs. We'll get one for herpes. We'll just name the dog Crab and Herpes. So there's no confusion. <laughs> all right. More brilliant ideas after this. All of my most sensitive areas were inflamed. Loveline will be right back to deal with inflamed, sensitive areas. You know, when people start having public conversations with the psychotic voices in their own heads, well, you either get them a straitjacket or a podcast. For Phil Hendry, we chose podcast. Hi, this is Phil Hendry. Which seems to be the right decision, because since the world of Phil Hendry debuted at Podcast One, his audience has doubled. Or was that the number of weird characters in his head? Well, I hope you're not referring to me. Well, you better not be referring to me. Download a new episode of the world of Phil Hendry every friggin' day. I thought it would be interesting. Right here at PodcastOne.com. That's PodcastONE.com. This is Polly Shore, and right now you're listening to The Love Line with Adam Carolla and Dr. Drew. All right. Making some headway with uh, Sal. Big up and coming mover and shaker here. Sal uh, Stabile and uh, Tony Tucci are here, both involved with Gravesend, a um, gritty, raw uh, 
Wait a minute. A, a, good, a good amount of it was shot in black and white, right? Shot in video, actually. That was video processed black and white. It, it's... Uh, High eight. High It's really... Um, I guess it's a good time we're living in when the fact that you don't have a budget almost creates an effect. You know what I'm saying? Exactly, yeah. A lot of the scenes uh, were done in black and white. It was a little bit grainy, but it, but it was... These were sort of... Um, what, the, were they the scenes where you were narrating over them? Yeah. They were like also, <coughs> also, there was scenes done during different periods of time where, um, <coughs> if you can tell, one guy gained some weight. My sneaks changed all d during the shoot. My goatee changed. Where did that come from? Continuity. Where did that come from? We're talking about video here. You're talking about sneakers changing. Well, we're talking about the movie. You're, That's true. You, why are you cutting me down? Hey, hey, hey. You yourself up here? A little we're bit. on radio here. I'm kind of depressed tonight. You're, okay. you're, I'm depressed. You're, uh, what's the matter? I'm having trouble. Women troubles. Really? Women yeah. troubles, yeah. That's why he was I was going to call him, yeah. Well, what's going on? Oh, oh, right, right. They had it's the like, penile problem. No, yeah, no, no, not the penile problem. It's it's difficult. Same kind of like the last question the guy yeah. always attracting difficult people. Difficult people. You know, it's like a tough position to find you know, somebody when you're so on the run and in this in the profession. You can't find somebody. So well, did did you difficulty. did you have a girlfriend when the film got started? Five and a half years. She, and then she left uh, me. Yeah. Oh, she left you. Yeah, well, you know, it was difficult because she wanted to get married, and I kept coming to Los Angeles. And how old are you? 22. Oh, you're too young. Yeah, married. I was too young, and she put me on the spot. She said, marry me or leave me, and I didn't want to do that. And, you know, I said, I'm sorry. Can we work this out? And she said, no, and that was it. So now it's like, you know, to go from such a great relationship because we were really, really good for each other now. Well, you guys, uh, I mean, you guys were together when you were uh, 15 or? 16. She helped me make the film, and without her, I would never. Cook lasagna. Cook lasagna on the set. She would stay up till 4.30 in the morning and go home and teach handicapped children in the morning. Uh, Jesus, uh, is she single? Great. Is she available? <laughs> <laughs> I mean, no disrespect, man, but this sounds she's like a hell great. of a woman. She's beautiful she's too. Great. Cooks lasagna, good looking, works with the handicapped kids. It's a suspect. Suspicious. <laughs> Wait, you, what? You think she's too good, Drew? Yeah. No, listen, uh, she is. listen, too good. Too good. working with food. Too good for me. Little good respect, good please. But uh, listen, Sal, you're a big up and comer. You're in Hollywood now. You got no That's worries. What the penis is checked out. I see nothing penis but success for you. A lot of girls throwing throwing themselves. Yeah, at it's kind of difficult. That's really tough. You'll uh, be doing blow off the Landers <laughs> twins' bellies uh, in no time at all. I guarantee it. All right. Well, uh, I'm sorry you got uh, cut off there, right, but um, that's all right. You know, it tell them how good you are. No, I don't need to say that. I got to. I got to say, uh, Tony really is. Uh, although the the storyline uh, revolves around four main characters, uh, Tony is the undisputed leader of the four characters the and is the is the standout performer of Thank the uh, of the entire film. Well, he Thank came you. to me and said he wanted to be the star. He wanted this did part I, so I, bad. Did I say that to you? He said that to me in New York. He said, I want this film because I identify with the character and I tell you, he on set, he's the reason the film got finished because he was Thank the... Thank you, Sal. No, he really, he sparked the, the four guys, the other three guys and all the actors that we worked it with. It was an ensemble piece. Yeah, yeah but you had a lot. Do you give yourself some credit? But, but it, did you find yourself sort of getting into the character to such a degree that even on set when the yeah, camera wasn't rolling, you find yourself leading these... Uh, Totally. Three guys the other around. Guys hated me because I was totally in character, always, all the time. When pushing we, buttons. What about when we wrapped? We went to Venezuela together to celebrate. The film's finished, and he was cursing and yelling at the main, the people at the hotel. Come the on, Bell so. oh, come on, you pull the gun out actors. and threaten a bellhop. <laughs> <laughs> I, couldn't, I don't speak Spanish. So don't speak Spanish. Yeah. Well, I uh, I can tell you, <laughs> <laughs> I'm, I just, did, I'm just flashing. I out did, what must have been like. I did stand in work on the movie Judgment Night. 
okay? That uh, uh, our, uh, you work with Everlast. Uh, uh, Everlast. He's and on the soundtrack on the great on the oh, great soundtrack. Yeah. From uh, uh, the the jump around guys. Yeah. Uh, the, the, the loud uh, stereo brothers or something what that what's everlast from the uh house of pain house, house of, of pain, pain right. right okay so i was one of the bad guy stand-ins and uh this uh this uh, movie was with uh, actually cuba gooding jr and amelia estevez and uh, a couple other people you'd heard of it came out about four years ago or something like that and it was a, a big flop but anyway <laughs> uh, the the bad guys, there was like four bad guys and four good guys, and everybody was just into their character the entire time. The bad guys were bad. On the set, there were like hooligans, and even the bad stand-ins were, had an attitude. I was one of the bad stand-ins, and you know the thing that was funny is the bad stand-ins, me and three other guys that looked sort of like uh, the guys we're standing in for, would not have anything to do with the good guy stand-ins. <laughs> like, I didn't get along with the guy who was standing in with a, for Emilio Estevez. Because he was like a good guy. It, it, it totally, uh, the lines uh, got blurred, I guess, oh. is uh, what you could say. And it's, I guess it's easy uh, enough to do and a natural enough occurrence. It's probably uh, happened before. James, that's why I always wanted to be on the set of Personal Best, because I, it's a lesbian movie. Yeah. Uh, okay. Uh, James, you're 17. Uh, yeah, I had a question about what, uh, when, um, where are the movies going? I mean, where it's coming out to? Where, where are you living? In Colorado? Colorado? I don't think it's going to make it to you. It's yeah, I don't know. Maybe. maybe. If it does well here, it might go... Uh, I don't want to say that. Don't say that. Yeah, we're, we're not going to yeah, say it that. Yeah, it should be out, but it definitely be on video in six months, in, probably in March, if not... Or fly to Los Angeles or come check it out. Why not Colorado? Is that not considered progressive enough, or what is the... Well, you know... How do they figure out how that works? They uh, pick them out of a hat. <laughs> no, they mm -hmm. actually... Uh, uh, the biggest markets for independent film—that's what they go for. The biggest box office. I don't know if Colorado has is going to be um, showing the film, but I, they Maybe. might. Yeah, I, I don't want to say anything. I hope so. If it is, you know, look for it in the next couple of days. And um, I think it depends it. on how it does here. If it does well, if the box office does well, I think it goes cross country. Yeah. James. Yeah. Yeah. It wasn't that great, really. You're you're fine. <laughs> okay. Also, I had one more thing. You were talking about the Hollywood robberies. Yeah, North Hollywood. North Hollywood. Yeah. Yeah. The uh, AK-47, it's a banana clip, 30 yeah. rounds. No. I thought this was a sex... 30 thing. rounds? 30 rounds. No, these guys had clips yeah, that they had were... A special, that they were... had special attachments that gave them 100 rounds. There's Whoa. no such thing. Listen, wise ass. They fired. They fired thousands of bullets. These guys. Well, maybe not been AK-47. Who knows what kind I don't, of gun it was? I don't know if they had AK-47s or not. I think they had AK-47s. What I'm telling you is, I know for a fact that these guys had banana clips that were well over 30 rounds. As a matter of fact, when they pulled the guys over, yes. and this is the uh, infinite wisdom of the uh, LAPD here. Or uh, forget, no, it's not the cops' fault. It's the court's the fault. The legal system. The yeah. legal system. They pulled these guys over. Uh, you know about this story? Mm -hmm. No, I have no clue. I'm, uh, I'm out here in North Hollywood, which is uh, my hometown and just uh, 10 miles away from where we are now, they had this huge bank robbery. Oh, this was a couple months ago. Yeah, yeah. a couple oh, months I ago. The guy with the full yeah. body armor that came right. out, and they're just spraying bullets uh, everywhere. And they had, anyway, they pulled the same guys over a year, a year before, before six right. months before. Uh, they opened the trunk of the car. In the trunk of the car, they found AK-47s with uh, modified 100-round banana clips, and it may be 100, more than 100-round banana clips in some cases, body armor, ski mask, and police scanners <laughs> on the trunk of the car. Was it close to Halloween? Uh, they, 
<laughs> they in Santa Barbara actually they do have Halloween uh, stuff where this stuff goes on. But the <clears throat> the point is is they detain the guys and they plea bargain down a little bit and they ended up doing a couple of months and then when they left they returned all the stuff to them. I don't get it. Uh, here you go. And they deserve uh, everything they got. Here's a new suit. You, you know what I mean? And we're living in a society that, uh, you know, if they find a pot plant in your backyard, they're on you with yeah, the full totally. weight of the law, yet uh, they're going to return your banana clip to you, <laughs> <coughs> your ski mask, your banana clip, your body armor, and your police scanner. Because uh, this is, uh, this is uh, uh, it's a home of the brave, home of the free. Please. Uh, yes, uh, the government in terms of where it gets involved and where it doesn't get involved really has to prioritize and listen to what the public is saying prostitution we don't care right uh, marijuana not interested uh, guys with banana clips and body armor <laughs> there's a red flag guys right. there's Wake something up. there take care of these guys there's a Tell platform it. for the campaign next year that's something to get involved with all right adam for president oh yes. thank you that's that, that right. should be the name of your next project <laughs> adam for president oh the 2 hours of me ranting <clears throat> all right i'm i'm choking on m&m we got to go to break we'll be back to wrap up and uh, wrap down Meanwhile, as the faceless evil closes in on the hapless sleeping populace across town in a shanty one-bedroom, an old woman feeds her parakeet. Come on, Chirpy, have some cheese. You love cheese. Since when are you afraid of cheese? Love Line will be right back. Hey, there's great news, Shaq fan. That's right, I'm talking to you. You can admit it. Be honest, there's no one on this planet that doesn't love Shaq food. Look it up, Google it. And that is pretty obvious because the big podcast was the biggest podcast on iTunes Sports 10 hours after it hit the shelves. It's up right now at podcast1.com. So, how big is it going to get? Well, let's ask the big man. Fits you, fits me, fits everybody. There you have it. Catch new episodes of the big podcast with Shaq. That's me. At iTunes and right here at podcast1.com. Uh, I'll just finish the story here in a second. All right. Uh, hey, the name of the movie is uh, Gravesend. If it's in a town near you, or uh, even in your very own town, please go see it. It's a uh, very interesting, uh, artistic, well-done movie. And uh, you walk, and when you realize this thing was made for, uh, for uh, what they paid, um, what they paid the uh, Roach Wrangler on uh, Waterworld is uh, what this movie was made for. <laughs> Probably, and they didn't even have roaches in uh, in Waterworld. Drew. Cater for lunch only. Tony, Sal, uh, thank you very much. Uh, best of luck thank to you. you. Thank and you uh, my, my sincere uh, wish is that uh, you both go on and uh, do amazing work and amazing projects and you become regulars on this show. 
Thank you. Thank of course, you. I'll not Thanks be hosting at the show at that time, but um, Drew will enjoy your company. So, until next time, this is Adam Kroll for Dr. Drew saying mahalo. This has been Loveline. The opinions expressed herein are certainly opinions, that's for sure. If you'd like a written transcript of today's program, you probably should have written it down yourself. And if you did, we'd like a copy. Loveline producer Ann Wilkins. This broadcast was copyright 1997 Westwood One Entertainment. This music is MXPX on Tooth and Nail Records. Sit, Obo. Obo, stop dragging your butt across the carpet. Mahalo. This concludes another PodcastOne.com program.